2: Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and another episode of Clone Wars Talk. We got uh, Clone Wars Talk Part 21 and uh, we're going over some interesting episodes, Uh, number 70 through... 72 on our chronological list episodes 404 405 and 406 that's shadow warrior mercy mission and nomad droids the later two being uh a bit slower but uh you know it's focused in on 3po so if you love those characters then uh you won't you won't mind at all so let's uh, dive into these with diego shall we
0: landing
2: all right so out of these three episodes two of them are a little slower but we're gonna we're gonna power through these uh, but uh, welcome back. Diego. thanks
1: buddy glad to be back yeah as, as josh was saying like the the two after shadow warrior they're they're really revolving around uh r2d2 and c3po um they are slow but we'll try and we'll we'll try and make them as exciting as is possible for you guys but uh we're gonna start off with shadow warrior um so yeah uh the
2: yeah, so yeah, talking about Shadow Warrior, I guess. Um, and oh yeah, just as a heads up, like we're uh, there's no more kind of Dave Filoni featurettes, but um, kind of like midway, I guess. Maybe after we talk about this one, we can play the the questionnaire with uh, Dave Dave Filoni about about the whole kind of I guess all three episodes that uh, that we that we watched, but um yeah how do you want to kind of summarize like really quick like what this episode's about and then maybe move on to the first point that you kind of wrote down shadow
1: warrior um yeah so so basically anakin padme um and some others they go back to naboo uh we meet up again with the gungans uh we see some we see some kind of betrayal going on uh we see grievous we see Dooku. um so yeah, that's kind of there's there's some there's yeah,
2: yeah just the overall plot. It's basically just like the separatists trying to kind of it's again we see corruption within the Gungans yeah. right, and they're trying to use one of their sorcerers to uh, convince their leader boss Leone to uh, betray the Naboo people and uh, bring uh, eventually bring you know the 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 Naboo system over to the separatist alliance. That's kind of the, the premise, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah,
1: Grievous at one point is, shows up in the episode, and he uh, had a plan with Boss Leone to bring some droid armies there to attack the the people of Naboo. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later here. Um, but yeah, I mean the the starting off this episode, the the opening quote is um, "Who a person truly is cannot be seen with the eyes." Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, that kinda, that kinda, that quote is, is interesting to this episode, particularly because we see, um, uh, certain characters in the Gungan race that are, um, you know, at, at face value, we've seen them in episode one and we take them to be, you know, you know, they're, we have nothing against them, right? Like we, we assume that they're good, but, uh, this episode kind of proves, uh, proves otherwise. So. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah, it's it's like it, it kind of is reflected in, in uh, it's reflected in Boss Leone's character who's obviously being kind of controlled, right? Like mind controlled. Yeah. Uh and we find that out very quickly on like very early on in the episode. Like 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 you mentioned Anakin and Padme, they they show up because they get word that uh the Gungans are planning an attack on Naboo and they're like what the heck? Like yeah. <laughs> what's up with that? Yeah. I mean, you know, and Jar Jar is obviously the senator. And of the Gungan people, um, and Naboo being represented by two groups of people, this kind of this all goes back to like the Phantom Menace, and and kind of the the spat that uh, the Naboo people had going on with the Gungans way back when. And after that first battle with the Trade Federation and all their droids, uh, they kind of united. And uh, since then, Jar Jar has been the senator representing the Gungans after Padme Amidala kind of left her position as queen, she became the Senator for the Nibu people and uh, a new boss Leone was elected as uh, the new boss, uh, I guess to replace boss Nass who was um, you know, the, uh, the big laughing kind of fatso that we saw in, (laughs) in the Phantom Uh Menace. Uh, But, uh, but yeah, like that, um, it's it's kind of cool to see this planet again. The last time we saw Naboo was uh in the uh in the arc that had the the weird blue shadow virus going yeah. on. It was a bit of a bit of a meh arc uh, in my own opinion, but um but yeah, that was kind of the last time we saw it. And I, I guess the first thing that we kind of get uh we pick up uh is that you noticed that that ship was pretty interesting. We've seen that ship before. That was also visible in the in the in the um, blue shadow virus arc, but uh, you kind of pointed that ship out at being like an interesting design.
1: Uh, I can't remember which ship that was. I can I... Yeah,
2: It was that, it was that ship they were driving in the beginning that like s- that yellow and silver. Oh one. yeah. Oh yeah. That's um, right.
1: That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean for this one, uh, I think it's, I th- believe it's our first appearance of the Gangan underwater city since episode one, isn't it?
2: yeah it is actually yeah so so like the city that um that uh that we go to is um uh oh shoot like what's the name of this city again Uh, i'm trying to remember and i can't remember um oto oto ganga yeah oto ganga is the is the city name um i don't know if it's even ever mentioned in the films or in, in the show okay. but uh but yeah like so that's that's kind of like what i like to think is like the the capital of all of the gungans on the planet um but uh but yeah like we, we got to see that in the clone wars which is cool and it's interesting that the music kind of played the same way too like the the music that we heard in the phantom menace when you first see Gunga underwater is that uh, choir Mm-hmm. The music, yeah, and it, it kind of swells as the city comes into view, and like we got a very kind of interesting remix of that of that track in this episode. Mm-hmm. As well.
1: I noticed, and, I, yeah,
2: and and they were using the same ship too, like Jar Jar and uh, Padme and, Qu- and Anakin as they approached the city. They were they were using the same ship that um, Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Jar Jar used to to leave yeah, the city. Yeah, that's
1: right, that's right. Um Yeah, so they go.
2: And on a bongo, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so
2: <laughs> you said so take a uh, bongo. <laughs> yes. What's a bongo? <laughs>
1: so they 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 make their way back to uh, Otto Ganga, and um, you know we, we see Boss Leone. He's under some sort of mind control. Anakin kind of picks up on this um, as they're kind of having a meeting, and Anakin and Padme are they're kind of viewing, and and they see Anakin notices that. Uh, boss leone he's he's not himself right and he notices that he's got this uh necklace on and this necklace is uh we'll call it enchanted it's kind of like by wearing this necklace uh, boss leone kind of has a spell on him um
2: yeah yeah which to build on top of that it's it's like um the fact that mystical powers and stuff exist outside of the realm of the night sisters and the Jedi. And the Sith, like I never pictured the Gungans being a species that ever had access to any kind of magic. Yeah,
1: like when you have when you have someone like Jar Jar Binks, that's kind of like, yeah, there is absolutely, <laughs> wow. yeah, there's absolutely no magic or nothing impressive that could come from those people. But yeah,
2: but, exactly, yeah. exactly. They got they got some cool tech though. Like, they got some cool, cool underwater uh, civilization. But but at the same time, it's like, um, it's like man, like I mean it really makes you wonder it's like, like, how did they like, I don't know, like there's some really cool history to this place. Like, like Naboo has all these like ancient kind of big statues all over the planet. And, and like all these, you you remember that? And even in, in the, even in the Phantom Menace, like all the ruins of this ancient civilization are kind of scattered throughout just random fields of grass. And, um, and even in this episode, we see like this massive face carved into the side of a mountain, which is where this uh, mystical like laboratory is for this uh, Minister Liu guy that we meet in this episode. But, um, but yeah, like like it's it kind of makes me think it's like it kind of makes sense. Like like if people like people of Naboo, if people kind of migrated to Naboo after, you know, I'm assuming Gungans are like the natives there, Yeah. right? And uh, and assuming that right. Um, they've been here a while they got all this cool stuff and to think that there might actually be some sort of human civilization that came before them which is kind of the you know the um the leaving all these relics behind did you ever like kind of consider that whenever you take a look at all these like stone henge faces that are like on the ground and stuff like that or has it kind of slipped? Uh, it's mind?
1: kind of slipped my mind but it's an interesting way to to look at it when you put it that way um
2: yeah, it just kind of builds more onto the fact that, like, maybe there's a reason why Gungans even have access to some sort of mystical powers.
1: Yeah, they like, um, Minister Lu. um, like I was saying earlier, like, he, what he does with that necklace, it's, it's some sorcerer stuff. Like, that's not like, you know, pick a card kind of deal. Like, that's some, that's some serious, mm-hmm. you know, magic there, right? But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, um it's interesting enough you mentioned to this um uh, minister lu is actually the the guy who gives um uh Abumba to uh charge our banks in that battle scene oh that was, um, that was um
2: uh, that was not that wasn't minister lu that was um oh shoot what's his name again general um oh no
1: that was the other one that was yeah okay never mind never mind that's my bad oh uh,
2: crap i'm blanking on his name now I'll look it up, but yeah, continue. So yeah,
1: um, so this this person actually, one one of the characters is actually the same guy who gives a Boomba to uh, Jar Jar uh, in The Phantom Menace and, you know,
2: Tarpals,
1: tar, that's right. So Tarples gives him the Boomba and, uh, you know, Jar Jar, you know, inf- famously, you know, fumbles and destroys a ship by a fluke, just like uh, pretty much everything else he has ever done in his career.
2: Yeah, it was cool to see that character again because we never got to see uh, General Tarpals after the Phantom Menace. He just kind of goes yeah, away. That was it.
1: We got more of Jar Jar uh, as far as Gun Guns go. Um,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was cool to see him again because he was kind of a kind of a interesting sub character, right? Like like he he was he kind of he came across as that nasty Gun Gun that kind of you know says like uh you saw you saw him big doo-doo this time mm-hmm. you know and Jar shows up again with qui-gon and then and then during the battle sequence like we see them kind of become friends yeah right? that's right um so it's cool to see him again mm-hmm.
1: uh so you know after after the meeting where anakin kind of pulls off the necklace and he tells uh boss leone that like you've been under a spell or whatever they go it kind of cuts away to uh, Count Dooku uh, speaking with Minister Liu, um, the, the, the guy who enchants uh, Boss Leone. And Minister mm-hmm. Liu, the, he he's uh, devising up a plan with uh, Count Dooku, and it's essentially, um, you know, let the Separatists in with droid armies, and they'll attack the, uh, um, um, the people of Naboo, and, you know, we'll... We'll take you under our wing, protect you, kind of thing. If you give us Naboo, kind of thing. Um, so, uh, you know, Boss Leone and uh, Boss Leone, Anakin and Padme, they go to kind of confront um, uh, Minister Liu and. Boss Leone, you know, fights with Minister Lu, and uh, he actually gets stabbed by Minister Lu. Uh, he doesn't die, but it, it, they give you the impression that he does. Uh, so he dies, and then Jar Jar, uh, <laughs> you know, like again by a fluke. Puts, puts on an impression, and he, he, he's given the same outfit that uh, Boss Leone had on by Anakin, and Anakin's like, you guys look exactly the same. And then Jar Jar's trying to convince him. He's like, no, we don't. We really don't. And, you know, he eventually plays Boss Leone. He goes um, to this speech that uh, Minister Liu... Is kind of giving to all the all the rest of the Gungans saying, "Oh, Boss Leone's dead," and then as Anakin is impersonating him, he kind of calls him out and says, "No, we're not. Um, or you know, I'm alive and stuff." And then he's saying, "Minister Lou, he's the traitor." Um, then uh, a ship with Grievous and some other droids droids arrive, uh, and you know Boss Leone being uh, you know quote-unquote, impersonated by uh, Jar Jar, he goes on the ship. Uh, there's some funny discussion with Grievous, um, you know, to stop his armies. And Grievous is, you know, of course, he's under the impression thinking that, hey, Boss Leone has told me, you know, we have permission to bring my armies here and, you know, kill the people of Naboo because he was speaking to an enchanted Boss Leone, right? You know, like under a spell. Um, yeah. But... Uh,
2: that was really funny. Yeah. That was really funny just seeing Grievous interact with uh Jar Jar Banks. Yeah. <laughs> just of, of all people in the galaxy. Like uh yeah, but we've actually skipped uh I think we've skipped past a little bit of a good part with Dooku and, and Anakin. Oh yeah, that's right. Because An- Anakin Anakin chases Minister Lou um after after kind of Jar Jar. Plays Boss Leone up and while well, he's kind of healing, right? Because he's been stabbed, yeah. right? So, so he's in the yeah, and we're like, Hey, we got to stop this attack. So, you know, Jar Jar looks a lot like Boss Leone. Put on the hat, boom, get out there, tell your people to stand down. It works. Uh, and then he kind of tells everyone, He's like, Yeah, Mr. Lou, he's the guy that made him do this. So, Anakin chases him down to this laboratory, which Dooku's kind of, you know, let him like, let him there, you know, fish to, fish, uh, trying to fish him fish him out. And we saw the coolest little battle between Dooku and Anakin. Like this lightsaber duel is like really cool. Um yeah. like yeah you see you see Anakin take on uh take on Dooku and four of the, the Magna guards but they have uh they have like they almost look like a little more heavy duty because they've got different kind of electro staffs than the ones typically than the ones that we've seen before do. And the ones that uh, the ones that have shown up so far through the show and in Revenge of the Sith, they've all got this purple electric uh, ends on yeah, the staff and these this are yellow. red kind of eyes on the middle. Yeah, these guys are all yellow and they got like yellow eyes and everything. So it makes me wonder. It's like, oh, they're a bit more beefy. Yeah. And uh, and they do manage to actually take Anakin down, whereas the other guys have never been able to do that. So um, it makes me wonder if they are maybe a little more smart, kind of like commando droids or uh, or something along those lines but um dooku kind of reveals something to Anakin uh like because he kind of he kind of goes in there he's like dooku like you know like kind of surprised to see him and then he's like why Naboo uh like why bring the war here like because you know it's just kind of random right like like it's not like like Naboo's one of the one of like uh one of the biggest republic worlds like in the system, like you'd think like it would be, uh, it would be a target, but at the same time, um, like Naboo's, a, you know, it's questionable. Cause like, it's almost like, why bother, right? Like you, you like, you're never going to get it. Like why, why do so much to try and undermine it from the Republic? Uh-huh. And, um, and like he says, like if something very interesting, he's, he says, uh, something along the lines of, uh, of, uh, how Quickly, you forget. You know, after all, the war started here years ago. And then, and then, uh, Anakin asks him. He's like, Are you, "Were you a part of that first battle?" And he's talking about the battle that we watched in the Phantom Menace—that massive battle at the end of the movie. That was the first battle. Like, if you're watching Star Wars chronologically, this—that is the first big battle that happens in, uh, well, in the saga. Yeah uh that that we can actually watch but uh but yeah like it's a big deal and in the in the galaxy like um like it's a big deal so so he's like um uh, he asks me he's like 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 were you part of that first battle and he he doesn't really answer the question he more or less is, answers it with almost like a comment he's like the sith control everything you just don't know it and then the fight begins and i was like man like that's that's so true. Like, like, like Dooku obviously knows about all these plans that Palpatine has had Three and, years. um, 10. Yeah, exactly. And 10 years ago was the creation of the clone army. 10 years ago was the battle of Naboo, the first battle of Naboo. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, 10 years ago, Sifo-Dyas was the one who, you know, who, who ordered this clone army. And naturally, uh, we can assume that, uh, Perhaps you know Dooku had something to do with that. Uh, if if you've read the audiobook book uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, then uh, we'll actually get into that further down the road in the Clone Wars. But uh, but yeah, like like it's hinted about in in Attack of the Clones uh, when when Obi Wan goes to see Com- the Kaminoans about the clone army and. Uh, yeah, and and then and then we basically realized like, oh yeah, the clone army. This was, this is a weird kind of coincidence that it started up ten years ago. That was the same like ten years ago that Qui Gon died. The Sith came, you know, at, back after a thousand years. Um, you know, the the clone army was created. Syphidius was was killed out of the blue and. All all this weird kind of stuff, and even Palpatine being elected Chancellor, like all these all these events start to kind of happen around the same time, and and so like Anakin is starting to clue in, uh, I think, to some of these things. Like he's questioning kind of like why why Naboo, and then Dooku kind of like throws him a bone. He's like, the Sith control everything. You just don't know it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he that was massive. Like uh, you know. Kind of like a hint for him, right? Uh, but like you said, he 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 doesn't know it yet, uh, he, and eventually he will find out. But it's it seems like Anakin is starting to get more and more. Uh, I'm not gonna say frustrated with the Jedi, but I'm gonna say like he's starting to look at things and really, uh, you know, kind of see things uh, from a different perspective. Not totally the dark side yet, but like you know, starting to uh think think things through a little bit more right rather than just looking at things you know by the code and kind of like you know yes i'm a jedi and yes i kind of break the rules sometimes but no he's actually starting to think things through more um and i think we'll see a lot more of that um especially with anakin after dooku tells him that because like you said when i saw that you know, earlier today, I was like, "Wow, like that's a, that's a huge, you know, spoiler alert! Like that's massive foreshadowing for the events of Revenge of the Sith, you know, big time, right?" So, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got down. Um,
2: we had uh, we had the well. I mean, Anakin gets captured, yeah. and and then uh, and then we see this interesting kind of like. Fight between Grievous and the Gungans.
1: Yeah, and initially I thought that you know, when I saw this, I'm like, "Really? You have Gungans versus Grievous? Like, Grievous is just going to toy these guys. He's he's not even going to try." And uh, you know, surprisingly enough, they took him down. Right? So they have they they shoot these like uh, some okay, picture a spear but with like a boomba on it. <laughs> they they throw like eighteen of them at him. At once, and then he gets shocked, you know, he gets taken down. They they stab him with these uh, spears, like, on all four corners, so he can't really move, and then they kind of take him prisoner. At the same time that Dooku has Anakin prisoner. And then Dooku, um, uh, or sorry, rewind a little bit. Um, very important point I just missed. Um, uh, Tarples actually dies, um, and he gets killed by Grievous. Uh, but shortly after, they they kind of they see that oh no, Tarples is dead, and then they all kind of uh, gang up on Grievous and they take him down. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, as as Padme has Grievous, you know, held hostage, Anakin at the same time has or sorry, Count Dooku has Anakin held hostage, and uh, Dooku um, talks with. Uh, Padme and says, you know, like, uh, I'd advise you make a a wise decision here saying, you know, like, um, you know, uh, she says, I, I I can't, I can't do that. Uh, I'm so I'm afraid I can't do that. And he's like, you'll, you will be sorry soon. Um, and, and he says, I'll give you an hour to think through your decision. Um, and you know, um, they, uh, you know, Kind of fast forward a little bit. They obviously make the decision. They trade. Um, They give, Padme gives Grievous back to Dooku, and Dooku gives Anakin back to Padme. But very interestingly enough, Grievous is kind of like, you know, still kind of paralyzed still kind of out of it because he's kind of been electrified what have you. And at the same time that you know Anakin's being electrified and tortured you know while he's been held hostage, they don't meet each other, which is a very good point you brought up while we were watching the show because if you fast forward to Revenge of the Sith in one one of the in the first what 10, 15 minutes of the movie, um, you know we we see we see Anakin, obi-wan and Grievous. Uh, and this is the first time that Grievous kind of sees Anakin uh, and he says, you know, General Grievous, you're you're shorter than I expected. And um, it, it was, it was a very interesting point you brought up because they're, they're both kind of passed out. They don't see each other, but they cross paths.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They, so like we go the entire Clone Wars show and it's like, it's kind of mind blowing. But then when you do watch Revenge of the Sith, uh, which eventually we'll get there, uh, of course, it, it being a part of the Clone Wars narrative, but um, but yeah, like we, we basically, uh, we get the first intro for, for Anakin and, and Grievous and it's like, what? Like, like it, it like we just watched a whole show and they never met. It's like, oh yeah, they never met. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they just literally, they, they, they cross paths physically, but never actually like, I mean, Anakin was kind of unconscious and then Grievous was tied up with the uh, handcuffs too busy to notice yeah. him. So. Um yeah, technically they've never actually met formally, so it's kind of a kind of an interesting deal that like through most of the show now you'll actually notice that. And even on the Battle of Kamino, uh Anakin was off kind of fighting Ventress and Obi-Wan was dealing with with Grievous. Obi-Wan's always dealing with Grievous. Yeah, they they and, always and
1: fight. It's always those two.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> it's always it's always Obi-Wan chasing Grievous down and Anakin always doing something else and never manages to kind of bother, but it seems to me that anakin's kind of uh, kind of uh anti-hero sort of antagonist person through the clone war is venturous and then towards the end of the as we're seeing venturous kind of like now in a different position obviously not being dooku's apprentice anymore um we're, we're now seeing dooku kind of fall into the position of anakin's rival yes and uh even though, even though he did actually take Anakin down in that fight with the help of his droids, he struggled, dude. Like, like Dooku was having a bit of a rough time there. A
1: little bit, but um, at the same time, I, I could see,
2: him, I could see him kind of like gasp for air. He's like, oh. <laughs> like he's like, man, like he's tough. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I think that, uh, like, yes, at this point in the Clone War, um, Dooku probably notices. Okay anakin he's not that young padawan i fought way once upon a time took his arm off what have you uh things have changed obviously but yeah having said that like yeah he was he was gassed but dooku was still choking him he still shocked him you know so
2: yeah he still got the better of yeah, him. yeah i mean um i could see the surprise on his face though when anakin kind of forced all those droids out of the way when when he was like on his hands and knees yeah
1: he 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 used no motion that was all like a force kind of you know energy field just boom like yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah, exactly um yeah so the trade-off happens the republic has grievous slip away again because anakin's kind of capture and uh, we had a major sacrifice as well. Yeah, um, You know, general... Uh, yeah, exactly. So the general ended up kind of giving his life for, for the capture of Graves, which ended up kind of going towards, you know, saving Anakin instead. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's pretty much what I got for the most part of that one. It was just really cool to see Naboo again. If, as a single st- standalone episode, um, it is probably one of the better ones throughout the entire show Mm -hmm. um it's definitely like a solid single episode narrative uh so yeah um let's see what else we got the uh oh actually you know what let's listen to the Dave Filoni answers questions so this this is actually gonna kind of get into the next two episodes we're gonna talk about as well but um but yeah Dave is just gonna answer fan questions about uh, this past episode, Chatter Warriors, Mercy Mission, and then um, Nomad George. Sure. Well. So let's listen sure. to Dave.
0: Hi, I'm Dave Filoni, Supervising Director of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. And I hope you're enjoying season four. And while we're in the middle of this little break, how about I answer some viewer questions? You guys always have a lot of questions. I love answering them. Sometimes you guys give me some tough ones. So uh, let's let's get started, all right? Here's our question from Primus Saber. Primus Saber wants to know in Mercy Mission, what is the deal with Orphney? Is she supposed to be a force user? Absolutely not. Orphney is not a force user. She's actually a, a frog lady. She's just a different kind of creature that you haven't seen in the Star Wars universe. Star Wars is based on a lot of myth, mythic archetypes, and you know, in, in the kind of naive realm of even in the, the fairy world, the Red Riding Hood world. The, Sleeping Beauty, the Cinderella, there are these characters that are fairy-like and they seem to be a bit more magical than the rest of the world. And, and R2 and 3P are the ones that can have contact with this world. I mean, in a different way of looking at it, Yoda would seem magical to R2 and 3P also. Now you say, well, ha, huh, but that's because he's a Force user. But Orphney is not the same as Yoda. She's probably very in touch with the Force, but she's not as like a Jedi, she's more into the kind of from the realm of the Mother thousands, the magic users. There's ways to use the Force other than Sith and Jedi, but you're not really a Force wielder. You're just very in tune with nature, and things come naturally. So some of her abilities that you see moving very quickly that Orphany does is just based on her physicality and the type of alien she is, and the way that she can turn seemingly into the little magic fairy ball, that's a little bit more of the kind of magic we see the Night sisters using, but Orphany's more on the good side of it than the bad side of it. So in a way, it, it allows for even the world of Willow that George created. And you see some of the magic users there, the brownies and whatnot, It's kind of inclusive in a way with the Star Wars universe to me, in that it's all part of the Lucas universe. So Primus Sabre, thank you for the question about Orphany. I bet you didn't think the answer would be that long. And yet it was. Here we have uh, uh, another question from Darth James. A lot of Darths out there. Watching the. I guess since, you know, the bad guys ultimately win the clomers, it makes sense. It would be a popular program for the Darths. But uh, how come they give Oda Gunga a new boss? But at the end of episode three, Boss Nass is at the funeral of Padme. Well, the reason why Boss Nass is no longer in charge of the Gungans is that George wanted to tell a story where Jar Jar could easily be mistaken for the leaders of the Gungans. So George created Boss Leone. Um, who looked just like Jar Jar, so we could play this kind of Kurosawa, Shadow Warrior switcheroo. Uh, That left, you know, unfortunately, Boss Nass out in the cold. But, I mean, Boss Nass is still around. He still lives in Otagunga. You know, he still goes to all the parties. He plays a little golf, I guess, with Captain Typho. And when his friend, Padme Amidala, passed away, he absolutely went to the funeral. You know, you'll see... Often, you know, ex-presidents go to big heads of states and banquets and funerals long after they're no longer president. So, it's not as if when Boss Leoni was no longer, or when Boss Nass was no longer boss, that he could not go to these functions. It's it's crazy, I mean, it's it's a polite thing to do. We're just lucky he took the time to go to the funeral. It's a Big event, everyone was there, except obviously Anakin. But, you know, that's just all part of the story. So thank you, Darth james i hope i'm saying that correctly thank you for the question and i hope you're satisfied with that answer all right so finally uh my last question in this group at least uh another question from nelwyn 88 nelwyn 88 <laughs> from nomad droids he wants to know about nomad droids nelwyn i, I laugh uh, those of you that don't know if you've never seen willow uh, nelwyn is a little hobbit-like creature a little dwarf-like creature in uh in George Lucas's film, uh, Willow, directed by Ron Howard. So uh, much appreciation for the, for the Nelwyn call out here. Are the little guys supposed to be a reference to Willow? Shocking that Nelwyn's asking a question about Willow. Um, your favorite movie? I wouldn't know. <laughs> because the tie up they tie up the heroes and sound a lot like the brownies from Willow. So he's saying in Nomad Droids, when three people get tied up with little people, are, are those people a reference to the film Willow that I was talking about, George Lucas created? And, and actually, yes, they are. Happily for you, they absolutely are. In fact, it was one of our challenges when we made the little people, um, how much like the brownies do we want to make them? Since we know George created that. And George wouldn't often want to repeat himself. It was highly... Possible that George would ask us not to make them sound too much like the brownies. So there's something different So I made sure that they were radically different colors and whatnot So they didn't seem like the same exact little primitive people But when it came to the voices I couldn't really help making the voices somewhat reminiscent of of a, a little people that George had uh, created in the past so I Am not surprised that that did not get past you L 188. Thank you very much for the question and who knows we may slip some other Bav Moore Mad Mardigan references in the future but I know if we do you will catch it no one so thank you very much for watching the show and I hope you enjoy it. Well thank you so much for your questions I really enjoy answering them like I said you guys ask great questions never be afraid to ask questions um, you know but for now just like Yoda says clear your mind of questions. Look forward to the rest of season four and keep checking StarWars.com for updates. We'll have new material here for you all the time and get you ready for the second half of season four and the coming of Darth Maul. So you got that to look forward to. Okay,
2: so all that's pretty cool. Um, There was actually some useful stuff in there. Uh, But yeah, like um, addressing the fact that Boss, Nas, just going back to the previous episode we were talking about Shadow Warriors, Um, The fact that Boss Nass isn't Boss Nass anymore. He's just Nass. He, uh, yeah, we got a new boss and yeah, it was basically just because George Lucas wanted somebody else just so that he could tell a story where Jar Jar was, had to be the boss, I guess. But um, yeah, that's a good point. Like he does show up in Revenge of the Sith at Padme's funeral Uh and uh, and I always just assumed that he was just retired and maybe decided to show up because they're long, long time friends, right? um but uh yeah i don't know um not a huge big deal i guess but
1: but interesting point yeah yeah
2: it is um yeah and then going on to um uh the oh shoot um what was the third one that he talked about
1: um he was talking about uh i totally blank too i'm blanking yeah uh yeah yeah I totally blanked <laughs> uh
2: okay so next episode Mercy Mission yeah. um, this one uh, is about mainly about R2 and 3po and this duology of episodes Mercy Mission and Nomad droids. let's just group it sure. together but um, basically I passed out um basically yeah like I know you passed out during the first yeah. episode and uh, and I did mention beforehand I said this is probably one of the slowest arcs of the entire yeah. show. Um, like not to kind of badly criticize it or anything, but I just like personally like I rewatchability on these ones are just not as yeah. high. And uh as much as I love 3PO and I and I love R2D2, um my argument kind of stands when people ask me why my favorite Star Wars movie isn't The New Hope. And I always bring up the fact that the pace of the movie is just slower. It is like, and it's, it's, it's no, it's no criticism to the film. Like, like the, I love Star Wars, <laughs> like, like, that's just it. Like I love Star Wars and, and like, you know, like, you know, just, uh, it, it would be criminal of me to say that I didn't like a new hope, but quite frankly like it is a very it's it's a lot older of a movie like it's 40 years old so so naturally like the pace is a lot slower and it's a lot different and it's a groundbreaking movie for its time but but just being um being somebody who kind of grew up with the prequels and like like i'm a big action guy so like i like i like a lot of action i love lightsabers and i love i love like in like super in-depth stories and um And I I don't know, I just feel like, like, like the kind of the, the dark downfall of the Jedi and the prequels is just kind of more my my favorite era. But um, just as a standalone movie, I mean, like, when I rank them, like, quite frankly, like, it's not that I don't like it. It's just like, if someone asks me to rank the Star Wars films, typically, A New Hope is like somewhere near the bottom. of the Same thing for me. And yeah and and it's like again it's no kind of it's not me hating on the movie at all it's more like me saying like i'm just not that into watching two droids in a desert for a a while right like like yeah like like that um i i like i know that so many people love these characters and and i do and i do love these characters quite a bit and i and these next two episodes are fully recognizing and paying homage to that scene in A New Hope with R2 and 3PO in the desert. And, and you might think it's like, how could anyone make a movie about two robots in a desert? <laughs> One of them doesn't even talk. One of them just beeps. Like, yeah. and, But this is 100% just respect to Anthony Daniels' ability to bring life to R2-D2 and himself uh-huh. at the same time. He sells C-3PO not only as a droid, but he sells R2-D2 as a character as well. And I think that's something that, um, that, uh, really is all like credited to Anthony Daniel's ability to play this character. And I think, like, more or less, like, I want to, because there's not as much to talk about in these episodes, I just wanted to kind of bring that up that this guy has been playing C3PO since 1977. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, I guess since they were filming in '76, I guess. But, um, but yeah, like I mean, this guy's been playing the character for forty years. Yeah, can you imagine pay, playing a character for forty? Like even Mark Hamill, despite coming back as Luke Skywalker for the brief appearances that he made in the sequels films, he, he, um, he was never in the prequels. Uh, like he, it's not, it's not like Luke Skywalker's in the Clone Wars, um, and. Uh, Quite frankly, like it's like his part in the sequels wasn't even that big, and and he complains about that too. But I mean, um, Anthony Daniels he he's always played C three PO. He's played actually Mark Hamill. To be fair, he's done his voice in the audio dramas. But Anthony Daniels is always C three PO. I've never listened, watched, uh, or played a video game or anything where C three PO was ever voiced by anybody uh-huh. else ever. Yeah. Like, that's even in the Lego games and the Lego movies. See, yep. C- C3PO is played by Anthony. That's Daniels. his character. It, it's, it's him, dude. Like, yep. like a C3PO is just Anthony Daniels, yep. and Anthony Daniels is C3PO. Mm-hmm. And um, I walked by him at Star Wars Celebration in 2017. I was there in Florida for that one, and uh, I, I walked by him in the convention hall and he was surrounded by people escorting to one of the stages. Uh And uh, as I walked by him, I just, I didn't want to like, ask for an autograph, right? Because there's 1000s of people around, like it's busy. I think he was definitely trying to kind of get to where he was going and not be noticed. But we made eye contact. And, um, and I was like, I I just kind of looked at him, smiled and nodded. And he just kind of, he had this look on his face of like, Hey, please don't ask me for an autograph. And then instantly that just changed. He's like, Oh, you know, and then he nodded back and smiled and kept going on his yeah. way. But, uh, but yeah, like I always remember that little, like quiet, like very kind of silent encounter that I had with the man. And, uh, that's probably the only time I'm ever going to see or meet him. But, uh, like in person that is, unless he, unless he somehow ends up at another convention that, that I also go to, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, he's just uh, like, like, just like that brief appearance. I just got C-3PO vibes. Like, it's just something he would do, you know, like, he's just kind of walking around and just nodding and, you know, and then, and then when he gets on stage, when he gets behind the microphone, of course, he's all too happy to talk. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's, he's a funny guy. If you ever listen to him on interviews, he's, he's got a lot uh-huh. to say um and and i mean the guy just wrote a book actually um he wrote a book called i am uh c3po and uh c3po hold on a second let me just bring this up here uh yeah i am c3po the inside story and he's got a foreword by uh by jj abrams as well and uh yeah it's it's 439 pages but um Yeah, like he uh, he basically just like writes about his life playing the character and um, and just kind of like, you know, in in all respects, I'm sure he's got plenty of stories because he's been playing this character for 40 years. But uh, but yeah, like I just wanted to kind of like put a little bit of a, a few minutes aside just to kind of talk about anthony daniels here but do you have anything to say on anthony daniels uh,
1: nothing really i mean i um you kind of put you kind of <laughs> said everything I, I needed to say anyways like he like that's his character right so um but you know like these these two episodes guys like mercy mission and Nomad droids um i mean they i passed out in the first one so i'm not even i'm not even gonna lie like these these two were definitely a lot slower but um you know
2: i i think before actually before you get going on the second one the first thing i want to say is like about nomad droids or sorry mercy mission is that uh actually both these episodes they feel very fairy tale um and it's interesting that Dave kind of brought up Willow as one of the uh, reference points for these episodes because if any of you guys have ever seen Willow um it's a very like fantasy based film it's on Disney plus it's a, one of uh George Lucas's kind of like first ish movies and uh Ron Howard was the director of that who directed Solo and um yeah and that's actually where Warwick Davis kind of uh got a bigger role, I guess, was, was, uh, he plays Wicket, the Ewok. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, kind of like what we've seen with Indiana Jones, a lot of references like to that, but yeah, these episodes kind of played a lot of the, a lot of the same genre in that kind of space fantasy fairy tale kind of vibe. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for like the first one and kind of summarizing like the second one and without summarizing the plot, just like, kind of what did you kind of notice about these that were i guess things to bring up
1: um i mean i for mercy mission i don't really have a whole lot to say um but just uh, you know at one one point uh you know there's there's several uh parts actually you know what no in this particular episode um you know we all know that c three po he's uh, fluent in over six million different languages um and he's yeah. quite happy to tell you that um, but um, <laughs> you know he
2: Ask him any Oh yeah, <laughs> he'll gladly,
1: you know, any language, he's got it. He's got you covered. But, um, you know, he, it, it's funny because every time, you know, whether it's an Ewok or these creatures that we see in this episode, Mercy Mission, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, he's, he'll, he'll race to the occasion. You know, he'll, he'll be the first one in line as soon as there's someone speaking, you know, a different language and they're like, oh, we need a translator droid. And then c 3 is like, oh, I'm, I'm right here. And, you know, um, so, So yeah, I mean, there's throughout both these episodes, there's a lot of those classic R two D two C three PO moments where they're you know in the middle of a battlefield, you know, or in space in in the second one like they're you know they're clearly in the crossfires of of of, of a war going on and not a single scratch not one blaster bolt hits them they don't get shot at they're being shot at but they dodge all of them and like Uh, all
2: all the time
1: like you know so um yeah, yeah that happens a lot in these ones but um
2: Actually, it's interesting that you bring that up. I actually I was gonna bring that up as well. That that these two episodes are actually, if there's anything, the the most interesting part of these two episodes is that they are the perspective of C three PO and R two D two during the Clone War. Yeah. Um, which you know they they've been through a lot, right? Like like even when Luke kind of asks them, like, oh, you know the you know the Alliance on the Empire, like you know he's like kind of kind of hassling them for information on kind of like their adventures, right? And and C three PO is a bit worn out, and he's like, "Oh yes, like we've been in several battles, I think, you know." And, um, but like, uh, I mean, of course, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he gets memory wiped. But, like, man, like, can you, can you imagine if, like, he would remembered all this stuff that they went through during the Clone Wars? I think he'd probably just be beat. He'd probably just be like, "Master Luke, you know what? Just ask this guy right yeah. here, RTDD, T D T. He'll tell you the whole story. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a yeah,
1: yeah, totally." Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, I, like, quite honestly, guys, like this one. Like, I passed out in Mercy Mission. I passed out halfway through the episode. I was like, I was watching it and I was enjoying it, and then I just like kind of, I just kind of dozed off. It's just slow. It, yeah, that's it. Like, it's I mean, yeah. There's
2: it's just slow. No and
1: action, and like what action we do see is just kind of like, uh, I don't know. Not. I don't know. It's
2: like some earth. Yeah, it,
1: this especially this one. No, like you know, Mercy Mission, like very very slow like i i have a lot more to say about nomad droids but um but yeah like this one um i mean i i, I mean you got to take it away josh like i <laughs> i don't really have much i yeah. really
2: know no i'm already i'm already done like i'm already finished up on that one that one's yeah it, it's 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 kind of cool we got to see the underworlds of one of the planets that that we never see again and um it kind of reminded me of dagobah but like underground yeah and, um yeah, like like again like there there really isn't that much I guess the only thing I can really build on top of is what Dave said about that frog Queen uh person um again very fair fairy tale kind of style, how she shows up and then disappears into pixie dust but um yeah, like it is uh it it kind of kind of felt weird like it felt it felt like it didn't really belong in in Star Wars almost but, uh, but then again, like when I think about all the other things that Lucas has done, like Willow, and uh, even there was a cartoon movie that he did more recently, uh, a couple of years ago, called Strange Magic, um, and uh, he's got this real love for for uh, fantasy, and and like I can respect that, um, and because you know who who doesn't love fantasy films, right? But uh, but yeah, like like I. Um, I think like I I kind of take that to heart when I watch these episodes and uh and that's I think kind of interesting that he threw that into the Star Wars universe because like the Star Wars universe is so big and there's so much in it and uh and uh, it's it's interesting to me that we've seen like Force wielders as powerful as the anchorites on Mortis, we've seen powerful Sith lords and Jedi and uh prophecies fulfilled and we've seen Night Sisters and their Sith ma- and their their witch magics and stuff like that. We've never seen anything like this fantasy kind of magic that this frog person uses. So it was just like one more kind of thing to be like, okay, that's something in the Star Wars universe I never knew about. So yeah, but that's that's about it. Uh how about you take it away with no magic?
1: Sure. So um yeah, so the next one is Nomad Droids and um Grievous is back. Um and and you know a, a, again a very common theme in these two episodes we have that classic moment of you know both these droids are getting shot at nothing happens. Um you know they they um they're kind of in the middle of a battle at this point and they uh, they see a ship, and they escape from this battle that's going on. Uh, they, pilot a sh- uh, they pilot the ship. They go through... Uh, or no, hold on, hold on. Okay, so I'm missing something. So Grievous has... Yeah, okay, now I remember. So Grievous, ha- Grievous is on uh, uh, a ship that's firing at the ship that R2 and C-3PO are on. There's a, a shot that goes through one
2: of the oh it's a vulture vulture droid that was chasing them
1: no 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 but remember that they there's a hole that's shot in the ship that they're in and there's a vacuum that pulls everyone out and then
2: uh oh i oh i see uh no you're thinking you're thinking of later in the episode so at the beginning of the episode we, we don't need to summarize plot here but but like at the beginning of the episode um uh the 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 big republic cruiser comes under attack by grievous and they escape in a Y-Wing because all the all the uh escape pods are out. And then a Vulture Droid chases them down, shoots them in the fuel line or whatever, and then they crash on yeah. a planet. Um later on, like after they lose they, they go through an adventure with some like uh some little guys, and then uh and then later on they they end up like flying to another planet and they're cause they're losing fuel, they land there, whatever, and then they meet up some organics who are, that are basically working as slaves for a droid who's basically playing wizard of oz on them mm-hmm. and uh, and then they lose power and some pirates find them and bring them aboard their ship and that ship comes under attack by grievous's ship which punches a hole in the side and they get sucked out into a vacuum yep. and um uh, and then they end up on the re- on the cruiser which then gets attacked and liberated by the republic and they end up right back where they started with uh commander wolf and uh, the wolf pack which who are all too happy to see them yeah. again so <laughs> yeah um, but yeah like um yeah just like between those two kind of interesting locations that they visited on their little adventure like what did you kind of grab from the first one the
1: first one was the humor of those little people because uh you know they they arrive on this ship they've just kind of been shot in like the fuel line as you said and they 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 fall on the planet uh and they're being they're being watched they've been spotted by these uh, little people they're just kind of hanging in the bushes and then you know, they they come out and they go to ambush them, and obviously R two and C three PO like they're giants, right? And these they're they're like yeah. very very miniature, right? The like ant size to them, right? Pretty much. And, you know, see, I think it was C3PO says, "Is like, oh, what are they going to do to us? And then <laughs> they, but they shock them with these like miniature little spears that they have yeah. and they take down these massive droids and they all have like a French accent. Um, and it's so funny because their leader comes out. Uh, and says, oh, what I say goes on this planet and C-3PO being, you know, the uh, uh, being kind of, you know, the 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 neutral guy to everything. He says, oh, you know, we mean no harm and all the, this sort of thing. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah,
2: it was a bit like a Gulliver's Travels yeah. kind of kind of experience at the beginning when, you know they're they're on this place they they get tied down with ropes on the you know and they're they're giant and there's tiny people yeah yeah gulliver's travel have you watched the movie with jack black um gulliver's gulliver's no i don't think so it's based on the based on the book um yeah it's a very classic story but yeah uh the jack black added a bit of extra humor of course but yeah it's it's all right um yeah that was kind of funny uh a c-3po accidentally kills the uh the leader of this civilization by smacking R2 down on top of the on top of him, But uh, I think what I like most about it is that, uh, oh, I I can't hear you. Um, Completely by uh, accident. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think uh, I think what I like most about this entire thing is that uh, after kind of creating a democracy amongst the people, They kind of get back into their ship to leave, and then like like right when they're about to take off, they almost fry the whole like town of people with their with their thruster engine, and after after giving them a you know, a fight in a, you know, a political fight, like, a, you know, it's like three people, like creates a, an angry democracy and then ditches and, <laughs> and, and almost, almost fries them as well. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty weird. good. A classic three yeah. people. That was
1: probably the best part yeah. of the episode for me. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the next one, yeah, like you said, like they, they end up on another planet, um, kind of by a fluke, you know, there's a, there's a, 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 a a shot that comes from a neighboring ship that Grievous is on. They get sucked into a vacuum. They get, um, C-3PO and R2. They get kind of snatched up by two, um, two pirates on this one planet. Cause they run out of battery and they're discharged. So the pirates charge them up and then, uh, they, they go, they're taken to like this, um, this sort of like, it's almost like a droid dog fighting scene. Like that's like the best, yeah. the best way I can describe it. Like, um, yeah yeah
2: like a droid battle arena yeah like like
1: almost like dog fights, but with droids right and it's you know there's this one big guy who who's been killing every single droid right and then um you know that
2: it's it's like it's like those classic kind of real world things where uh, i think i think they do it in like some parts in the congo or whatever but they'll have like a like a weasel fighting like a snake or something like that you know like like just like two creatures like but yeah i mean in star wars we've seen this as well with the 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 monkey lizards and the and uh like fighting it out and hondo's crew is pretty pretty keen to watch Mm -hmm. those gruesome sports but uh but yeah like this this crew is particular uh particularly just like doing it with droids
1: um and then after that they they kind of they kind of go to like this droid incinerating room um and the <laughs> one of this guy one of the droids like his his voice is like super super deep right and he says uh, he's like oh no and um you know he gets pushed in and it, it was pretty funny I mean uh, honestly like with these episodes like there wasn't this is droid, droid humor yeah. really I mean nothing crazy exciting you know eventually they they get uh, they get saved by Plo Koon uh you know uh what was that jedi's name who was caught by grievous again
2: oh Adigalia. yeah so
1: she's uh, she's saved by Plo Koon and his troops and then they they all kind of meet up with uh with the droids again in kind of like a hallway and they say oh we're yeah. we're we're good we're good and then they <laughs> you know uh,
2: <laughs> they're like you're yeah, <laughs> exactly
1: like not like they didn't even care like they didn't even notice yeah, nobody yeah. Cares.
2: All right. Thanks, Diego, for coming back. And we'll see you next time for the Umbara arc. Uh, so for all you listeners out there, if you go to www.starwars.com news slash star dash wars dash backgrounds, there's a really cool blog page here where you can download backgrounds for your Zoom meetings. Uh, and there's nothing better than having a Star Wars background for your Zoom meeting. Especially if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a Star Wars fan. So uh, yeah, hit that link. It's in the description of the podcast. Uh, If you're using a a podcast client that actually can use hyperlinks, that that would be really useful for you because uh, then you can actually follow along with us at home and uh, tap that link that says stream on disney plus and you can watch the episodes in the description before listening to this and it's a good it's a good way of doing it uh you could basically use our podcast as a reference to kind of justify which episodes to watch next uh rather than constantly going to that link on starwars.com all the time so uh yeah leave us some feedback uh send us a message on our twitter feed just say hello i don't know anything whatever you want um we got an email if you want to submit any voice memos to any questions you have comments Uh, even something that popped up in these episodes that stuck out to you that you might want to bring up to us uh, that we can chat about next time and you know there's there's that as an option as well so uh, yeah but uh, anyway thanks for tuning in guys and uh, we'll see you next time uh, right here on Star Wars Escape Pod for another Clone Wars Talk episode and stay safe and healthy out there may the force be with you all signing off